to Drawn Out. I'm your co-host, Brooke. And I'm your other co-host, Chase. And we're talking World War II stuff today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so during, um, as we discussed last week, um, during, during World War II, the Disney studio had no money. At all. <laughs> and so the U.S. government was kind of running the place. A little bit because they were, you know, to keep prop them up a little bit because the D- the Disney studio is right next to the Boeing factory and, you know, the military wanted to be able to keep an eye on it. And so Disney made a lot of propaganda shorts. Mm-hmm. And so we've watched three of them three. today. We said last week we would watch Dorfira's Face and The Spirit of 43. Um, we also just added in Donald Gets Drafted because it exists and we're like, yeah, let's just watch this one too. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did that. And if you haven't seen them, I mean, they're all full of a lot of Nazi imagery, which is no surprise, mm-hmm. I suppose. And Dufour's face has a little bit of yellow face here. Yeah. You know, yeah. It was kind of awkward. Yeah. Um, I honestly, I expected more um, racist Japanese caricatures um, mm-hmm. in these propaganda films, but they were all very Hitler-centric, mm-hmm. which is an interesting thing to know, I guess. Maybe, like, culturally they didn't feel like they needed to build up the anti-Japanese sentiment. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other things doing that. But yeah, so let's start with Der Fuhrer's face. Yep. Um, so it was made in 43. Donald wakes up in Nazi Germany. And, and there are just There are just swastikas everywhere. Everywhere. The shrubs are shaped like swastikas. The windmills are shaped like swastikas. The All the numbers on the clock are swastikas. And everything is, of course, like Heil Hitler. Um, all the time. All the time. <laughs> Heil Hirohito, Heil Mussolini. Yeah. Too. Um, but mostly Hitler. Mostly Hitler. But it is very much like, look at this fascist country where they, like, just worship the leader. Um... <laughs> so that was interesting. And of course, like everything in Nazi Germany is awful. Like, mm-hmm. Donald has illegal coffee that he like sneaks into his morning water. And it's not like, and it's not like he actually has like real coffee. He has one bean yeah. tied to a string and he like dunks it in the, in his mug like it's a, like it's a tea bag. Uh huh. And then he, when he sees somebody coming in over his window, he hides it and sticks it back in his safe. And then he has, um, the aroma of bacon and eggs. For breakfast, because, um, you know, that's that's what they had to eat. Mm-hmm. And bread that is like a block of wood. <laughs> yeah, it's so hard that, like, he saws it, and, like, the texture of the bread on the inside looks like wood. Yeah, it's a wood grain texture. <laughs> and he's trying to eat it, and it, it, it's it's very... It's, it's, it's funny. <laughs> it is very funny. Um... And comical, and then of course he goes to the factory where mm-hmm. he works, and he's like forty eight hours a day, forty eight hours a day for the for the Führer, and he's like screwing on like the tops of bullets and warheads and stuff like that. And it reminded me of okay, I get where we're having another edition of Brooks Family History. <laughs> uh, my great grandmother um, was born in Germany in nineteen twenty six. Um, and so, I don't know this for sure, but her parents may or may not have voted for Hitler. That's just something that I have accepted. <laughs> but she, as a teenager during the war, she, uh, got a job in a factory. Her job was to inspect, like, the bolts at the factory. And the Nazi officer who trained her said, well, there's a way that we're supposed to do it, but here, here's how we really do it here. And so, she was putting things through that, like, weren't as good, and that got back to Berlin. Mm. And because they keep track of, like, the inspector number and things like that, they're able to trace it back to her. Mm-hmm. And so the SS pulled her out, pulled her parents out, and, like, interrogating her hardcore, 
her parents hardcore. The Basically the only reason I am here and my great-grandmother did not get sent to a concentration camp, her parents begged and begged and begged, please. She is a child. She is our only child, which was true. She was an only child. And, she, you know, she was, she was born in 26. Then she was mm, maybe 14, 15 at the beginning of the war. Mm-hmm. And so, like, she was very young. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, they were, they were ethnically German. They were Christians. Um, like, yeah, she had brown hair and brown eyes, but, like... The system was this this fascist system was supposedly set up to you know make life better for her and for her parents. But mm-hmm. guess what? <laughs> Fascism doesn't do that, kids. <laughs> it's almost like systems are only there to support the people in power. Wow, amazing. Weird. Weird. Huh. 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 And it's almost li- it's almost like you know we need to remember these kinds of stories so that you can see ma- if maybe fascism is happening now. Huh. Yeah. Huh. I mean, it definitely um, was a, what's, like, two-part feeling. One part of, like, oh, this is, these shorts make me uncomfortable, like, because of the racism in Mm -hmm. them, and then, like, uncomfortable because they are, you know, propaganda. Pro-war. Pro-war, and uncomfortable, just, like, this is a lot of Nazi imagery. Yeah. But part of it was also, like, man, remember when, like, Nazis were just bad? What a time that was. <laughs> we didn't have to argue, like, when, when the New York Times wasn't like, hmm, maybe the Nazis aren't so bad. Yeah. It was kind of depressing. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Donald has an awful time in Nazi Germany and is very grateful to wake up in his home in America. And in his flag jammies. <laughs> in his American flag pajamas and... There's, like, the moment where, like, it looks like it's the shadow of Hitler on the wall with the arm raised, but it's the Statue of Liberty in his window, and he goes up and kisses it, and he's like, I am so happy to be a citizen of the United States of America. Yep. Which is, you know, that's the thing. It's like, look at that. You're so lucky to be an American citizen where you only have to work 40 hours a day. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Then, of course, there's the uh, closing credit with um, throwing a tomato in Hitler's face. face, Which was satisfying. Yeah. I mean, it kind of reminded me, like, like, this is a whole short that's, like, mocking Hitler. Um, And, like... And the cult of... And the cult to himself that he has built. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is interesting. Like, hey, we like to mock people who build followings based on a brand and not actual ideology. Um, Or their ideology is white supremacy. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was reminded, like, oh, we actually still do this with SNL sketches today, too. Yeah. Um, Which I thought was funny. I was like, oh, yeah, we've done this for other world leaders on SNL. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah, since since Ford. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's their fear's face. Yep. Um, Next up is one of my personal favorite shorts of all time, <laughs> Spirit of 43. Why is it your favorite? Um, because I first heard about it while I was working in a tax office. Ah. <laughs> and, like, so I had, a ch- I had a chalkboard mug at the time that I would, you know, sometimes I would take it to work, sometimes I would just have it. And so, and I heard about it on another podcast. And so I went home and I watched it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. It's, and it just made me laugh so much. And so, like, I kind of, like, I, I took out my, my my chalkboard mug thing, and I wrote taxes to beat the axis on it, <laughs> which is the catchphrase. Um, 
Yeah. So and, the whole purpose of the Spirit of 43 is to convince people to pay their income tax. Yes. And it's another Donald Duck short. Yes. It's like, um, and this is back when you didn't just pay your taxes once a year on April 15th. It used to be you paid them on March 15th, on June 15th, on September 15th, and December 15th. So it was a quarterly thing. And, you know, I guess that was a way you have to, you have to, like, make sure that you set money aside mm-hmm. so to make your quarterly tax payments, because mm-hmm. otherwise you're in trouble, which makes it sound like it was really easy to get in trouble with the IRS then, which might be why they changed it to the once a year thing. Maybe. Which, I don't know, ta- the tax code is... I don't know. Uh, it's I don't know. <laughs> um, um, To, like, some historical context, this is not the first introduction of an income tax, Mm-hmm. Um, there was income taxes in the Civil War mm-hmm. and in World War One. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think World War Two was the last time that they were put in place and not lifted mm-hmm. after World War Two, just for some historical context. Yeah. Um, so it's not like this was an entirely new concept to Americans. Yeah, you, the taxes taxes get higher during the war because you got to build all the things to beat the axes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Donald's got his payday. And there's and the narrator's like there are two personalities. There is this, the thrifty one, and then they they bring in a, a like um, not exactly Scrooge McDuck, but an early version. version of him. It's a thrifty Scottish duck. Yeah. So the thrifty Scott is a trope. Um, I guess arguably racist. It's it's good. That's a little cringy. I would say. I, yeah. What's the word? Um, not problematic. In bad taste. Yes. I think it's a bad taste yeah, thing. It, yeah. Um, but this is essentially, this isn't considered the first canonical introduction of Scrooge McDuck, mm-hmm. but it is very Scrooge McDuck-y. Mm-hmm. Um, he wears a kilt, and he has a Scottish accent, and he has the pince nez, and he has the top hat. And he has, and he has the cane. The cane, um, yeah. and he has the spats. <laughs> um, so basically, this is Scrooge McDuck four years before he's ever actually yeah. released. Um, and then we have another duck who, like, or... Who seems like a precursor to... Who did you say it was? So he reminded me a lot of Gladstone Gander, who is um, a rival of Donald Duck in the Duck Mm -hmm. storylines. In both, like... Because Gladstone Gander is very lucky, Mm -hmm. um, but so he often, like, does gambling and, like, lays about because he never has to work hard. Mm -hmm. um, Versus Donald, who's born on Friday the 13th and is all bad luck. Mm -hmm. um, And so they're kind of rivals. Um, that's who this other duck character reminded me of. Yeah, um, and so, um, and we get an interesting callback, you know, the, the, the second duck is trying to get Donald to spend all his money at, at the Idle Hour Club. It's, yes. it's, it's not, no, it's it's a, it's more of a grown-up version of the Idle Hour Club in the Wise Little Hen. Right, right, <laughs> and also the doors are swastikas. Yeah, well, because um, you don't notice this exactly until, like, they're, uh, both of these, like, other ducks are like pulling on Donald. No, save, spend, save, spend, save, spend, save. S- Relatable. Um, yeah, <laughs> right. And then, then they like kind of, you know, break apart. And then you notice that the doors of the club are swastika, and the Scottish duck kind of hits a brick wall, and like part of it falls down, and it's like created a flag. An oh, I didn't flag. catch that one. Yeah, like the brick wall, and then there's like a little window with stars in it. Mmm. It's like, okay, are you gonna, you know, if you spend your, if, say, are you gonna save for taxes for America? Mm-hmm. Or are you gonna spend all your money, miss your tax payments, and help, and, and help Hitler? Right, right. <laughs> um, huh. Yeah, I, I thought it was an interesting, though, the connotation that, like, laying about and doing things that aren't productive is literally un-American. I was like, hmm. Mm, there's mm. a mood. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, but that, you know, and that, and that kind of thing can help contribute to, like, 
Um, let's, let's, what's a good term for this? Toxic capitalism. Yeah, that's a good toxic capitalism. Is there a capitalism that is not toxic? No, but it's especially bad if, <laughs> like, any, like, it, it's little, they were, they literally said, the narrator literally says, spending money on things that you do not need helps Hitler win. Yeah, and yeah. And so... I don't know, like, and I, one of my, one of my grandfa- grandfathers grew up in Colorado during the war, and, like, he doesn't like to talk about it very much, but he's like, when the whole country goes to war, like, they did in World War II, like, everything changes for everybody. It's not like, it's not like it, it, it is now with, mm-hmm. um, with the, with American wars. It was a totally different thing, and he, like, he doesn't talk about details, but it was clearly a very dark time in the States, too. Yeah, I... Yeah, um, part of my lectures on U.S. history mm-hmm. include, like, the culture that occurred during World War II and, like... Yeah, rationing and... Yeah, um, so that's a whole nother podcast. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, it is. The, so the second half of the short, um, is, like, Donald pays his taxes, and then it's like, and your taxes and my taxes, and they go to fund... Guns! So many guns. And they list off all ki- different kinds of guns and show animation of them. And it's like, and pl- you know, to to beat the Axis. And then it shows, like, you know, so, like Nazi, a Nazi tank going down or something. And then it's like, and then planes. These kinds of planes. That kind of planes. <laughs> all the planes. And then they sink a, um, a Japanese warship. Mm-hmm. Um, with, and, then, like, it literally has the, the Japanese sun sun flag going down mm-hmm, like it mm-hmm. um you know taxes to sink the axis and then ships these kinds of ships that kind of ships the other kind of ships taxes to beat the axis and then they have all these downed um nazi planes yeah i think this part was like the most uncomfortable for me yeah if only because like i know my taxes are going into a military machine even today and we're not at war explicitly with the large military power. Yeah. So this is fun reminder. <laughs> yep. Yep. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the school districts that we work for are underfunded. <laughs> yep. Weird. Crazy. I just really want a job. I just want a job I, that's funded, and mm-hmm. I just want to educate. Why is that so hard? Anyway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's Spirit of 43. That's the Spirit of 43. And they, Oh, yeah. Did you notice at the very end they had another flag imagery? On the sky. Yeah. Yes. And I think they reused that in um, at Disneyland. What was that? Um, Moments with Mr. Lincoln? Oh, The, the little short they show yeah. before that. That's weird. I'm like, this looks familiar, but I've never seen this short before. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that is the same thing from Moments with Mr. Mm-hmm. Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then our last one is Donald gets drafted. Yeah, this is kind of an impulse decision today, and I'm glad we watched this one. I actually yeah. thought this one was very fun. It was a slightly different kind of like it still was propaganda, but it, yeah, but it was it was it poked more fun at America. Yeah. Oh, and I the American think, Army. I was thinking about that, and I was like, actually, so you got to imagine drafted was a relatively universal experience yeah. for half of America, yeah. right? So, like, every man went through what Donald Duck went through, mm-hmm. so I felt like this would have been a great way to alleviate the tension and fear of being yeah. drafted. Yeah. Um, and so Donald has his draft card that has his full name on it, mm-hmm. Donald Fauntleroy Duck. I wonder if the, we didn't look up if this was the introduction of his middle name, but... I don't know, but that... Possibly. It was the first time I'd seen it. 
And so he goes and he's like, I want to fly the planes. And he's like, uh, okay, well, enlist, sign here. Go there for your physical exam. Everyone wants to be a fly boy. <laughs> um, Mr. Don goes to his physical. Which is a joke. A huge joke. And it was very funny on, like, both ends of, like, mm-hmm. the doctors and Donald. Um, and, like, ev- so, like, all men would have had the experience of being, like, poked and prodded for your physical. Mm-hmm. Um, and then having to do the color test, which was hilarious. I thought that was my favorite part. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're like, here's this red card. What color is it? And it has red printed on it in and, case you missed it. And so Donald spells it R-E-D, red. <laughs> And then the, and the green one. What color is this green card? And then he goes, G-R-E, blue. Close enough. <laughs> um, and then they measure him, and their measurements are terrible. As someone who makes clothes, that mm-hmm. was painful to watch. Yeah, and so they throw on these over this oversized hat and this oversized coat, and then they throw water on him, and it shrinks to the right size. <laughs> very, very funny. Um, oh, we skipped over the best gag. They stick a light in his head. Um, yeah. They're like, oh, nothing in here. <laughs> yep, well, yeah, because like, they stick it in his ear, it sh- kind of shines out his nose. And, yeah, that was yeah. a great line. Oh, nothing in here. That was funny. Um, so Donald gets drafted um, yep, and, and then passes his physical and goes to training. And uh, Drill Sergeant Pete was such good casting. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, it's funny to watch these shorts and like see characters in there like early conceptions and then how they like grow and are shaped by other shorts which is interesting yeah i mean because this feels very much like what our modern like you know goofy movies idea of pete is yes yes um that strict stiff laced no son of mine Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) someday we'll get to talk about a goofy movie (laughs) i'm so excited and i wanted like we've decided that we're gonna kind of leave it up we're gonna we're gonna take or leave ones that never had a theatrical release but i really want to do an extremely goofy movie. i'm sure we will yeah. it also doesn't help that i have a lot of connections to people who worked on extremely goofy movie oh um, look at that look at that yeah look, wow you, you dropped something here <laughs> <laughs> hey um also gonna drop i had a really good time uh the other day i got to tour one of the disney animation television studios <gasps> Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, it was fun. Okay, and uh, then um, and then like so, Donald's being kind of defiant, and Pete's like, "Okay, you got some stuff." He's not being defiant. He's just being Donald Duck, where he's bad at everything. That's true. <laughs> and so Pete is um, like, "Okay, you got to stand right here, very still." And then for a couple of minutes, like the joke, all the gags are around. Donald is standing on an ant hill, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he can't stand perfectly still at attention. With when there are literally ants in his pants. <laughs> and crawling up his nose and mm-hmm. trying to get inside his nose. Um. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually, like, he freaks out so much that he just kind of jumps out of his skin. And he doesn't use the safety either. Mickey doesn't use the safety on his gun, neither does Donald. <laughs> and he's shooting so hard and fast and that Pete has to, like, scoot up a tree to avoid it. Yeah. And then for all of his shenanigans, Donald Duck gets left. Cutting potatoes. Yep. And it's great, because through the whole thing, they've got the song that goes, the army's not the army anymore. Like, the army is nice now. And, and like, Donald, at the beginning, Donald is walking past all of these, like, propaganda posters mm-hmm. about, like, oh, you know, you'll be really cool. Girls will love you. Girls will bring you breakfast in bed. <laughs> Which is... Hmm. Yeah. 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 The end, they're playing that song as Don was, like, peeling potatoes. potatoes. And then, like, there's a line in the song that says, like, if you tell your sergeant that you don't want to cut potatoes, he'll do it for you. Yeah. And then 
just, like exactly that moment Donald like unfurls the potato peelings he's been working on to spell fooey. Yeah, which is very cute. Which is very cute and very clever. And so I think that's we've got the um, everything else out of the way, and now it is time for our for us to go watch our feature, which is Victory mm-hmm. Through Air Power. Yes. Um, so we're going to go step out and do that. Um, it's a documentary on planes? Kind of, yeah. Like, we'll, we'll get more into the history of it when we, okay. when we come back and record. Okay. Um, but yeah, let, let's, let's go do this. Sounds good. gosh we did it we did it <laughs> i did almost suggest that we stop at one point and i was like no that would be dumb if we just didn't watch it yeah it's it's hard to watch you guys <laughs> it's really dry so if you tried to watch it and gave up and just came back i don't blame you mm-hmm. <laughs> um if you tried to watch it before you even started the podcast um and we're curious to see if we'd make it through <laughs> we did make it through um, if you are very into World War II history and military strategy, um, or it, the history of aviation, it yeah. might interest you. Yeah, you have a good time with that. I don't care for military history as a uh-uh. whole, so nope. yeah. Um, so the first fifteen minutes or so is a lot of aviation history, mm-hmm. um, kind of the backstory of the plane. The backstory of the plane. <laughs> the right. What? <laughs> like it, it shows the Wright brothers and yes. like. Developments that were made in different kinds of planes before World War One, and then during World War One, all the advances that they made in war planes, and then at like parts of that were kind of fun, mm-hmm. and they did some the, good job with humor. Yeah, they put in a few gags, um, like with the enemy planes. Mm-hmm. Like basically, planes weren't good for anything but surveillance, mm-hmm. and so like plane p- pilots would wave at people. <laughs> God, uh, just, it was a long hour, guys. It was a very long hour. Um, anyway, so the pilots were like wave at each other because they can't really do anything. Um, and then, taking pictures. Yeah, and then one makes a face at the other and it, like escalates and then throw bricks and then they start shooting and then they want automatic weapons and so the development of automatic weapons with mm-hmm. propellers. It was really, I thought that was interesting and cool. Yeah. Um, oh, and um, this whole thing is actually based on a book by... Yeah, why don't you talk about the history of yeah, the whole thing? Yeah, so the, it's all based on a book by Alexander P. Siversky, um, who was a big-time... Like, his dad was the first Russian pilot, like, first Russian to, to own an airplane, basically, and then he was a fighter pilot in World War One for Russia, and then in 1918, the Revolution came to the U.S., became a citizen... Um, he holds a, he held a lot of patents in like developments and warplanes, and so he wrote this book. He's like, hey, we can make planes better to shorten the war and to you know win. And then Disney read Walt Disney read this book, and he was like, yeah, this is a great idea. Let's turn this into a movie, like educate the public and see if we can make these things happen. And I don't know if you noticed this on your channel, like the um, RKO, their usual um, like uh, distri- distribu- distributor. Um, did not release this one. This one was released by United Artists. I did notice Which I think is interesting, because I think Howard Hughes was running RKO by this point, and Howard Hughes was, like, had a government contract at the time to, like, basically, he was built, he was invented the Spruce Goose. Hmm. Which is a big old airplane, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. I might have my timeline off. 
Mm. Um, but yeah, it is interesting this one was... Yeah, and we actually get um, Disaversky, um doing a lot of the narration, mm-hmm. and they do some live-action bits of him talking about it, about his ideas. Yeah, he narrates the second half of the film entirely. He does. Um, oh, yeah. I'm so sorry, you guys. <laughs> It was a really long hour. It was a very long hour. It's just a very dry film. And we couldn't even find a version that was in color. Nope, we watched it in black and white. Mm-hmm. Which, um, which I think probably diminished like the impact of the animation, because there are some times when like, I couldn't tell exactly what was going on. Yeah, I thought a lot of that was like the quality of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, the version we watched is from the U.S. Air Force yeah, um, the- archives. Mm-hmm. Um, but the... What was I going to say about it? Oh, I made a note. Like, I love the animation. Yeah. Um, some of the... It was interesting to watch this um, as we're, like, progressing towards animation being a very popular medium, mm-hmm. right? This is, what, like, the first of many Disney documentary mm-hmm. pieces, um, most of which are shorts, so we may yeah. be sh- doing shorts later. Yeah. Like, Disney kind of got a foot in the door for a lot of cool stuff that you could see them doing animation in a documentary yeah style and um actually winston churchill said to fdr hey you should watch this new disney movie <laughs> and then fdr watched and he's like you know what that guy's got some good ideas and so the u.s military got to work inventing long-range bomber planes mm-hmm. and um after that the U.S. government liked to hire the Disney studio to make educational films, which I'm sure we'll use some of those as our shorts in the view because they are very corny now. <laughs> yes, yes. One of the things I thought was kind of interesting, well, I guess we should probably, like, summarize, like, yeah. the first half is the history, and then kind of is World War One and World War Two, and then it spends... Up to, the, up to this point. Up, up to, that, to that point. Up to that point, yeah. yeah. But it spends a good 30 minutes laying the like groundwork of this is what Mm -hmm. the war looks like and these are some of the tactics and this is how we need to Mm -hmm. like combat germany the german empire and Mm -hmm. japan essentially Mm -hmm. yeah so that was where it got really dry (laughs) um yeah but the basic idea is that your air force can, can only control so much without like to have air power you need land air bases Mm -hmm. And to have that, you need to have land near the enemy, which we didn't have. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, and and that spent the first little bit of it saying, like, if you have a good navy, if you have a good land force, that's not going to be effective against an enemy air force, which is what Germany was doing at the time. Right. Um, Yeah, so there's another good 15 minutes of Mm -hmm. that that was just like, here's all the ways that Germany beat everybody else because of their air force. Yes. Uh, Mostly England. Mm-hmm. And then England's Air Force managed to defend England, but that wasn't helpful for the rest of Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of... I personally, like, as a history teacher, enjoyed seeing the part where they're talking about, like, military strategies for taking over Japan. Yeah. Um, because that is something that we often discuss in world history. Yes. Um, in U.S. history, because the conclusion of that particular front of the war is so dramatic. Yes. Um... So it was everyone loves to play what if with German land invasion with Japanese land invasion. Yes, yes. Um, but it is interesting to note, like, okay, so we can't bomb Japan directly. Mm-hmm. Um, so do we do island hopping? Do we go through China? Mm-hmm. Do we, what? How do we do it? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the same thing with Germany. 
um, attacking through Africa was a popular strategy <laughs> at the time. Um, so there's just a lot of interesting historical things that I kind of appreciated. And it's interesting, the idea of war pushing invention. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that we are very familiar with yeah. in a capitalist era. Yeah, well, and it said, like, almost, like, it almost directly said that war invented the modern airplane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, war wouldn't, or the airplane would not have advanced as quickly as it did without the mm-hmm. threat of war. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, not just the threat of war, but with actual war happening. Yeah. There was actually, there was one line in there when it was talking about, um, like, when Britain finally created the Royal Air Force and starting to fight, Mm -hmm. um, the narrator said something about the superiority of British men and machines, which (laughs) that that made me laugh, because I'm like, we're fighting this war because we're trying to say that we're not superior to everybody else, which, you know, like, on the surface, that's the idea, but... Yeah. Yeah. It's just a... We don't want to do white supremacy that way. Let's do it this way. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my right. gosh. Um, I liked the um, the way they did narratively the um, the first plane to cross the channel. And it's like, here's yeah. like what the guy wrote in his mission report. And it's like, flew over, no problems, dropped a letter without landing and came... Or dropped a greeting without landing yeah. and came home. And then they brought that back with... In wartime. <laughs> yeah, with Britain defending the channel. Yeah, um, by, dropping, by dropping pl- bombs Greetings. on Normandy. <laughs> Greetings on Normandy. Um, which was, um, I had a therapist once who had photos up of his father during the war. Um, and there's a picture of this guy, of this, my therapist's dad, like, holding a big old bomb saying, like, an Easter egg for Adolf. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, one of the one of the bombs in the animation yeah. had like four four eight off on it. Or yeah, I think it just said four eight off, mm-hmm. which is funny. But I think part of it is like the beginning with the Wright brothers and the history of aviation. There were quite a few like animation gags mm-hmm. going on, and like they repeated that fun mm-hmm. little line, and there mm-hmm. was humor with the narration. And then once it transitioned to the author narrating, it just sort of. There was no more of that dry humor or any sort of gags, and yeah, it just became it very difficult to watch um, from the perspective of two people doing a podcast about animated films. Yeah. <laughs> um, certainly not what we signed up for when we signed up for this podcast. It's not. Um, um, and But it's really the only thing of its kind. But yes. it's very so... It's so of its moment mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that, like, I'm glad we at least, you know, sat through it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad we're doing this episode. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that, like, we should just skip this episode. <laughs> yeah, no, um, of course. Yeah, I think a product of its time. I also, from another, like, history teacher perspective, they did a whole bit on the Maginot Line. Yeah. Which is, like, where the French had all of their guns facing one mm-hmm. way, and we love to, like, mock France for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really interesting that this documentary painted it as a failure to adapt to modern technology. Not necessarily that it was, like, a stupid strategy. Like, oh my god, the French are so dumb and bad at war. No, No, it it was, was like... It was a good idea. They just weren't counting on Germany having so many planes. Yeah, and, like, the idea of German air power is really what led to that defeat and how that, like, changed Mm -hmm. the game of war. Yeah. Um, And there's definitely a hot minute where they're, like this threatens civilians and like basically like you need to be afraid that German planes can come drop bombs on you so Mm -hmm. get a bomb shelter (laughs) sort of idea yeah (laughs) Um, but it's very true that plane changed 
the face of war. Yeah. Well, and then at the very end, when we talk about, you know, like, okay, if we make these changes, you know, we can we can achieve victory through air power. Yeah. And then we get the most, like, kind of arty moment of the film, um, where you get an American bald eagle mm-hmm. fighting with a big old Japanese octopus and winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had an um, initial imagery of, like, the J- Japanese empire and, mm-hmm. like, the lines of supply were tentacles wrapping around the islands, mm-hmm. so, like, having it be an octopus in the mm-hmm. end is, like, a callback. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's, like, all of the great American planes launching, and then it sort of mm-hmm. does, like, the metaphor of mm-hmm. the eagle battling with the octopus, mm-hmm. which was... That was kind of cool. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, you could have made a whole animated film about, like, an eagle fighting an octopus, and it could have been a metaphor, and I would have uh, cared more. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, but I mean, it was, it did the job that it set out to do. Yeah. It, it got it got Churchill and Franklin. I mean, Franklin was his first name. I am not that familiar with FDR. Um. <laughs> you don't you don't know old Frank that well. I can't really. I um, call Thomas Jefferson old Tommy J in mm-hmm. all of my lectures. Well, you, you know my teddy bear's name, right? No. It's Mr. Roosevelt. Oh. <laughs> after Franklin, it, not after Teddy. No, it's more after it's more after oh, TR okay. than FDR. Okay. <laughs> I am not that familiar with the Roosevelt. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it got it got people in power thinking about different ways that they could approach warfare. Mm-hmm. And so it did what it was supposed to do and there's probably a good reason that it, there aren't very many places to watch it now. Yeah. Because that its moment has passed. Yeah. And there's not enough entertainment value in it um, for it to be much of anything else. Like, Saludos Amigos had it also had kind of a propagandistic goal mm-hmm. to it, but it's still entertaining now. Yeah, well, and even the war propaganda shorts we watched, yeah. like, there was some entertainment value in them. They weren't, like, the greatest shorts I've ever watched. I certainly yeah. enjoy a lot of other Disney shorts more. Mm-hmm. But there was... The gags were still relatable, mm-hmm. and I could laugh and have a good time with the mm-hmm. shorts. But with this film, it was like, okay, this is interesting, and this is not interesting. And how many more reels mm-hmm. of film do we have yeah. for this? We were, checking, we were checking a lot. <laughs> like, how much is left in this? Yeah. Yeah, so if you didn't make it through, uh, no judgment. <laughs> Not at all. We envy you. <laughs> um, but I'm glad we did this episode. Me it's too. a really good context, um, and I think it shows a lot of where Disney was at its time. Um, I would imagine, because RKO isn't the distributor, is probably why this is off of a lot of the Disney canon lists. That might be. That Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, but I'm so glad we did it. I think it was a good choice. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, we did it. I'm just done. <laughs> Great. Gotta love America. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so, all right. Let's see what we've got next week. Oh, we've, we're doing another double feature. Um, we're going to watch Make My Music and Song of the South. Mm. Psych! <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to do Make My Music and Fun and Fancy Free. Yeah, we, no, we're not, we're not going to do Song of the South, you guys. Uh, no. Um, whether or not you believe Song of the South should be censored or not, um, we are two white girls, and we've commented on racism enough from our perspective. Um, you can always go listen to Black and Animated, who has a really great episode about censorship, and 
yeah, again, we're just, we're not equipped to have that conversation, and so we're not going to. Yep. Um, so next week we'll, we'll do some fun musical stuff, um, so it'll be none of the short films, it'll be Make My Music and Fun and Fancy Free, um, which will be nice, it'll be like watching a bunch of silly symphonies, and it'll be great. I'm excited. I'm excited too, I don't, I think... Actually, I don't think I've seen any of them. I think I'm not familiar with either of these. So, oh, fun and, fun and Fancy Free was one of my family's favorite things to rent oh. back in the day when we went, well, you, when you would go to the video store mm-hmm. and, and find something to rent. Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited to see it again. Because mm. I remember there being a ventriloquist, so I don't know. Okay. Yeah, like th- there's some live action stuff, and I'm interested okay. to see if that it was real. Wow. <laughs> we always just rented Sailor Moon. <laughs> that was our go-to. <laughs> I'm the only girl in my family, so that just That's wasn't going to happen. <laughs> That's fair. We were all girls in my family, so... Yeah. Uh, so, all right. well, we're excited for that next week. Yes. Um, and if you want to uh, follow us, you can find us uh, on Twitter and Instagram at DrawnOutCast. You can also email us, DrawnOutCast at gmail.com. Um, you can find my personal at ChaserTiff. And mine at Brooke Amimi. Um, And that's it. We'll see you next week for some fun and fancy free music. Hooray! (laughs) This podcast is in no way affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its subsidiaries. The views expressed in this podcast by its hosts and its guests belong solely to those people and are not in any way representative of Disney nor any of our employers. Thanks for listening. And so, what are we watching next week? Well, actually, let me let me pull it. Let me, let, if you want to know what the next um, film on our list in terms of Disney films that are animated... Oh, is this, is, is this the next one? Is um, Song of oh. the South! Actually, no. It's not, technically. It's Make My Music. Sorry. I set you up badly. We can redo that. Yeah, we should redo that because it, cause it, we're going to say, just kidding, we're doing a double feature. Yeah. No, no, no. We're doing... No, we're, Song of the South is technically not. I know. I... We're technically on Make My Music. Sorry. Well, I, I know s- we're technically on Make My Music, but... Um, I thought you were going to do your Song be, the but, South thing after Fun and Fancy Free. That's what I'm saying. No, because it doesn't make sense to do them as a double feature, does it? Yeah, it does. They're both, um, are, like, uh, they're both those musical Oh, sets. Are, they, are they compilations? Mm-hmm. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. We'll just cut this whole thing. It's okay. not a big deal. All right. Okay, so next week, um, we're going to do another double feature. Um, we're going to do Make My Music and Fun and Fancy Free. Um, what? Oh. Yes. I thought you said... <laughs> no, this is fine. We can do this all over again. <laughs> okay. It's not a big I, deal. Sorry, I thought we were going to make it, like, um, Make My Music and Song of the South. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. I was just saying these are both musical, like, the same way we did Salutus Amigos. No, no, no. I knew we together. were doing a double feature. But, right. Like, but if we do the double feature... Then, then what? Like we'll we, just have our. Like, we'll, we'll say we'll say it's make my music and song of the south. Oh. And then we'll say psych, fun and fancy free. That was definitely not how I imagined because like we didn't do. Like I don't. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yes, because because we didn't talk about victory through air power. We just said we're going to do right, amigos, right. So I was like, okay, so we're just going to okay. do these two. 
Yeah. Is that fine, or do you want to do the joke? I want to do the joke. Okay. I'm very excited for this joke. Okay, so I'll let you set up next All right. Week.